Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. All right, here we are. I can't, I can't believe it's episode three for She Loves the Grid. Season two, episode three. Season two, episode three. That's, that's right. Okay, and I am Claire back in Germany. Yay. As of just a few hours ago. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> talk about a quick turnaround. I'm like, we're still going to record today, right? Um, <laughs> but you had a nice couple of weeks in Florida. So yeah, I had a nice couple weeks with my son and all that. So that was good. But yeah, that was good. Good. Um, yeah, let's get going on this. Listen, we're recording yeah. on a Monday because, you know, it's not race weekend yet. We're getting close. But um, all right. Here we go. So where 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 do we start, Diane? Where do we let's, start? Let's do the liveries. Let's just start with that. So last week, the last of the teams launched their liveries. I feel like, you know, granted, last year, I think I was awake for most of the livery launches. And this year, they all seem to take place at like 3 a.m. my time, 2 a.m. my time. I was not getting up. And I didn't actually go to the um, <laughs> to the team pages, like YouTube pages to to watch. It just didn't feel like there was a lot of like hoopla this year around the launches. So I could be wrong. It just could be what I saw, but it seemed like it was more like, here's a short video. Here's our car. <laughs> like, so there we have it. So, oh my gosh, had to start with this one. F1 Academy has partnered with Charlotte Tilbury, who's a makeup artist extraordinaire. She's got an incredible makeup line. Um, she is a strong woman-owned business, and I love this partnership. But she has one of the liveries. It's for car number three, Lola Lovenfossi. Um, we'll be driving this car. I love it. The lips all over <laughs> over that livery. Sure, remind me of the last logo of the stationery store. The wait, which does the lips? The, the logo, the colors, the colors. Oh, the colors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I think that's going to stand out. And I love bringing in like another women owned business as a love sponsor. It. Incredible. I love Charlotte Til Tilbury anyways, but Tilbury anyways, but yeah, I'm so loving this. I can't wait for the women to start racing. Yeah. yeah. Very good. All right. <laughs> Next we have... What team? Your team. Aston Martin. What did you think? You know, I you know, I, I love that we still have our green. I, I you know, I'm literally gonna have to look at last year's and this year's side by side to see yeah. the difference. The the, the tail looks different to me. Um the rear ring weather, it looks, oh, it yeah. looks there's a difference and difference in there. I kinda like it though. Um I do like I, I do see more black. And a little less green, but I like the colors. I like the, the transition of the colors too. Yeah, I do too. I really like this car. I think it looks pretty cool, especially from the side. It just looks very sleek. And it if does. You, also, we should say, if you're listening, go watch us on YouTube because you will see these the pictures, see what we're talking about. If not, you can always go to the Aston Martin page and <laughs> look at their uh, livery photos. But yeah, I like it. I think it looks slick. And also... I think Fernando Alonso had some work done. Um, I'm just going to say that out loud. He looks so young. He always <laughs> looks good. He looks even better. I'm like, 
I have been staring at some of those photos. Like, what has is it the hair? Is it less facial hair? Did he have like an upper eyelid thing? Like, I want to do like what is going? <laughs> Whatever it is, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. It looks like that man just keeps aging backwards. But that's just a side point to the livery. <laughs> Too bad I wasn't prepared for that one. I could have blasted a picture of my Fernando. <laughs> ah, my team, Ferrari, Forza Ferrari. I, I love that they had so many pictures, too. Um, yes. I, I like this. I have to tell you, though, I, I kind of like that they showed the top and the back. I, it's a, a little odd what it does to the number, where the two numbers come together. Yeah. I love it. So new font they they're using, I think it's called Ferrari Sands um, is what they're using the numbers and everything. I love the numbers. They did not do last week. Remember I said there was rumors that it was going to be a lot of red and white to mirror the um, Le Mans winning car, but they went with yellow and white stripes um, this year, which I really kind of, when I see it on the car, I like it. And it makes sense obviously with their overalls, I think it looks good. Um, according to the simulators, they're also seven tenths of a second faster than last year's car. So kind of hoping that really translates onto the track. I'm really, really excited about this. I think it's beautiful. It's a yeah. beautiful, beautiful car. I love that on their Twitter page, they showed, I'm sure they did all their socials. They're like the extras finishing touches. They showed of putting the race, the, the pinstripes on, you know, and yeah. whatnot. It's pretty cool. I love cool. watching that. Love watching right. it. Mercedes. Okay. This is another beautiful car. And I think even on That's social right. media, they launched on Valentine's Day. And I think I said, like, they are showing us the love. I absolutely love that they brought some silver back. They've got the black and then they've got the Patronus green um, kind of outlining the, the nose. Uh, this is a gorgeous car. I am not mad about this at all. I don't recall the the, the engine part being red last year. I was, I was no, like, you're right. I really think it pops, was it really pops. You know what? I didn't even notice that until you just said that right now. <laughs> I was so focused on the silver and the green. <gasps> I kind of love it. Good, yeah. good point. So there's a couple, Toto said that they basically changed everything from the chassis to the weight distribution to the airflow. So essentially all new, um, hopefully that will translate on track. The other thing that they did that's a little different and it, it, it is hard to tell, but if you look at their front wing, maybe in that top right picture, the fourth, um, uh, what do you call that? Like little wing thingy. They have that attached to the nose by what they're calling a legality wire. So it's attached to the nose, which it has to be according to the rules, but like barely <laughs> like with the wire, but it's allowing um, or like opening up the airflow to get to the um, side pod inlets as much as possible. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see if like the teams have anything to say about this, if the FIA has anything to say about it. Or you know what? You're within the rules. So there you go. So I, again, I mentioned last week, I, I can't wait to see this out on, on track. Like, yeah. I kind of hope, hope the car performs so well this year that it gives Lewis a little pause. I mean, like, I know he's, he's wanted to, to drive for Ferrari. I, I don't, I don't blame him for that, but I just think it'd be neat to, it also would love for him to go out leaving Mercedes on a really good year. 
Yeah. You know, that was ability. Yeah. And we say that, but I think last year, didn't he finish right behind Checo? He did. See, he, I mean, he finished third in the driver's championship for as much drama as, as they gave us. God, remember the beginning of last year when it was just like, poor us, we're sorry, we suck so bad. Like, it, they finished okay. And yeah, there's so much third. drama that made us think that we had a bad year, but we did. there wasn't a bad year, no. actually. Yeah. No, so, like, stop putting that perception out there, Mercedes. Like, you did good. So, yeah, I agree with you. I do hope that Lewis finishes strong. And this is a nice car to finish in. I love the little arrows on the on the back. Uh, at yeah. the back. I love the little silver arrows up there. Love uh, it. Really cool. okay. All right. Last but not least, or least but not last. Wow. It looks just like last year. Well, the livery looks just like last year. The car does not. So do you notice one thing that is very interesting on this car? And I was like, huh, are there inlets on that side pod? <laughs> there yeah, are. There, I thought that was interesting. It, it seems, maybe it's just the angle of this picture, but it seems boxier to me. Yeah. So the inlets on the side pods are vertical. So Adrian Newey is a wizard and they're vertical um, to like help with the airflow and the cooling. But this I think is so interesting. So it's being reported that Red Bull is moving to no side pods, a la Mercedes, the last couple of years, and that this car will only be run for testing this week and the first three races. By the Japanese Grand Prix, they are going to zero side pods. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like, is this a just a giant slap at Mercedes who could not pull off the no side pods and they're moving in a different direction now? And Adrian Newey's like, hold my beer. I'm going to create a Red Bull with no side pods, and we're going to be the fastest. It's like, that sounded like a really neat idea. You couldn't do it. I'll take care of that. Right. I'll take and care he of probably it. will because, like I said, he is a wizard. I think I'm going to also start calling him a global treasure. Like, what in the world? Give him a challenge. And we saw pictures of him last year, or maybe it was the year before, standing in front of the Mercedes on the grid. And he probably right then was like, you know how I can make this better? This is how I can make this better. So we'll see. Like, it will also be kind of interesting for them to drive one car for the first three races. And then the the other 21 races run a completely different, you know, well, maybe not completely, but a car with no side pods. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Could be very, very interesting. I think. I think. On a side note, just going back to some of the drama, um, Christian Corner is supposed to be in Bahrain for testing and for the first race. It's also been reported widely last week that he was given an out at the end of last year to resign. And he could say it was for health reasons or whatever um, to avoid all of this. And he said no. And now here we are. See, so. that's kind of interesting, especially that, that article I read that he's like, you know, while this is distracting, I'm still the best person to lead this team. No, oh, he's he has no sort of a confidence. I feel like that's always been out there, <laughs> always been out there. So who knows? They're too distracting for the team. Yeah, I think it would be distracting. But I mean, they weathered all the helmet Marco baloney. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I think that it could be dis distracting. Sorry, my dog's trying to eat a shirt. Um, and he's deaf. So I had to clap. <laughs> Hang on. Um, 
there we go. So yeah, I don't know. Who knows how long this investigation could like go on? It it could be months before anything yeah. is decided. It's gonna be so, the, of the whole season, at least the beginning of the season. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's talk about really quickly some season updates that you got to know about. Some I think are just kind of interesting. Um, and then the last two will definitely affect what's happening on the track. So right to review. Teams in the past have had 14 days to file like an appeal for a decision that was made, maybe something that happened on track or after a race, right? So it's something that's already been ruled on. They had 14 days to appeal it. Usually... Um, they had to share that they had new information or relevant information or something that wasn't available the first time they met with the FIA to talk about the ruling. Well, now this year they've changed it. Instead of 14 days, they have four days or 96 hours wow. after the ruling. So I wondered because which, oh, was it Haas? One of the teams came back a long time after Something happened. I wish I could remember. I was trying to rack my brain this morning and think about it. And it didn't really go anywhere. So maybe they're just like, let's stop dragging things out. So now they have four days. On top of that, the teams have to pay a deposit <laughs> to like to go in front of and have the appeal. If they win, they get the money back. If they don't win, the FIA keeps the money. I could not find anywhere how much they have to give. Oh. But... So there's that. And then they have to also provide their new information before the hearing. So they can't just come and argue their points. They have to do it beforehand, provide it, and then I guess they can go. I've got questions. I Because to, to me, does it seem like they're just really trying to dissuade the teams from, from arguing any penalty that the FIA has dished out? Yeah, absolutely. Like they don't want to hear it. Maybe it's because it rarely changes even when they do these. So they're like, why waste our time? But it also seems like it's very, yeah, they're really trying to dissuade the teams from, from doing that. I thought that was interesting. They 6, all euros. Oh, 6,000. Oh, that's not bad. I'd be like, here's 6,000. If I really believed in it for sure, I'd be like, nope. <laughs> I mean, I'm reading, I'm reading just a summary real quick from the FIAs. I'm assuming that's it. It says subject mm -hmm. by 3rd January to an information to which it belongs to take part on the... Oh, that was a hearing on January 9th. Never mind. Hang on. I think they did meet in January, though. The end of January, I thought. I mean, 6,000 would not be bad. I guess that wouldn't totally prevent you from... <laughs> like, if I was Ferrari, I would still have gone to bat for Carlos um, in Vegas because that was yeah. some bullshit. But yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess that's, I guess the only, that's the only amount in there that's written in there, but it's got a whole bunch of the, the changings in there. So that must be what it is. Okay. That's not too bad. Thank you for finding that. Um, another thing, which you probably see there is bigger fines. So before in the international sporting code, um, the most that they a team or a driver could be fined was 250,000 euros. Well, they've quadrupled that to 1 million euros. Um, they said the FAA said they haven't updated uh, up to the fines or looked at the fines for 10 years. 
So I guess they're just making up for it. But like, I think it was Yuki last year, especially rookies, which we have zero rookies this year. Um, how can they afford that? Like maybe the teams, maybe, but my goodness, they're really trying to keep people in line this year by like threatening them with these, these higher fines. I mean, you're not going to. It's going to be tough too. I mean, if it's a driver's fine too, some of these drivers don't make that much. That's what I'm saying. Like you look at like a Yuki, even Oscar, like some of the newer drivers, Logan, Logan gets a million dollar fine. What's that poor guy going to do? It's going to go bankrupt. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Ugh. And it's hard. And, and I don't think that like what constitutes a million dollar fine versus something else. I have no idea. So that's the max. That's the max that they're going to get it. Um, we talked about sprint updates last weekend. So if you didn't hear our podcast from last week, go check it out and you'll learn all about the changes that are being made for the sprints. Um, Teams can actually um, spend more on capital expenditures over a four-year period. Um, so I kind of love this. So there was a $45 million, so 35 million euros um, for the rolling four years. It's been increased to $65 million or 51 million euros for the four teams that finished in the bottom um, on average nice. since 2020. So Haas, Alfa Romeo, which... Um, Alpha Tauri both have new names, so Stake and the other Red Bull team, and Williams. So they will get more. So that's to use for their facilities, which is awesome because, again, like James Valls has been very open about how, like, they don't have a place to cut carbon, they don't have a wind tunnel. So other teams do, they will spend less outsourcing those things. So I love that. The three teams that average in the middle of the standings, McLaren, Aston Martin, Alpine, will have an increased ca um, cap limit of $58 million or 45 million euros. And then the top three teams, Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari, can spend $51 million or 40 million euros over that four-year peri four period. So again, we talked last year about the cost cap bringing some of those lower teams closer. We had every team got to Q3, not a, you know, there, there weren't a whole lot of teams, different teams on the podium. There was more than I think the year before, but anyways, bringing that, that capital expenditure cost cap up, I think it's great because you need state of the art facilities to make a state of the art car. So kind of exciting. I like if it was graduated like that before. If so that's really cool. If not, if it's new, that's even better. But I like that the the lower teams get more expenditure so they yeah. can invest more. So I like that. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. Um, okay, here is a couple of the things that we need to know for the races. DRS activation. So instead of waiting until lap two or the second lap after a safety car restart or the start of the race, it's only going to be one lap. So after one lap, DRS kicks in. That's exciting. It is exciting, especially when you think about it from a restart point of view, because sometimes, you know, especially during what was it, Australia, where we had so many restarts and then like, that's going to be great, especially if it's happening towards the end of the race. You know, you get that DRS in one lap instead of two laps. So love that. Also with the power unit rules, um, it's four per driver for this year and for next year. So last year they made it four instead of three because there were so many races and they kind of wanted to make sure the teams, you know, their power units could withstand that many races, but they decided 
we're going to keep it at four. They were supposed to go back down to three for this year. And they said, nope, we're going to keep it at four. Yeah. So this year and next year, they each get four power units before um, they start getting penalized. So. That didn't help some teams because we were we were getting penalties pretty early last year. Oh, so early last year. <laughs> so early last year. Okay, moving right along. We made it through the winter. I know it wasn't really that long. The poor drivers are probably like, how are we back already? But the cars are back on track this week. So excited. So excited. I'm so excited. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, here's what you need to know. Um, there is a morning afternoon morning and an afternoon session. Each driver gets three sessions, but how they divide that up depends on the team. Sometimes they'll have one driver will do both the morning and the afternoon session one day. The other driver will do morning and afternoon the next day, and then they'll split on the third day. Sometimes it's like one does the morning, the other does the afternoon, then they alternate the next day. So however they decide to do that, totally up to them, but they each driver will get three sessions. Um, which is kind of cool. Teams are going to be as sly as they can. They don't want us or especially their competitors to know what their car can truly, truly do. But at the same time, they've got to figure some stuff out. So we will never know just like with um, practice, what kind of fuel loads they're on, what kind of running they're doing, what are they checking for? They're just going to try to be as sly as they can. Um, but here's what they are focusing on. So reliability, number one, um, can the car handle race distance, but can it also do like a really quick, like quality lap? We want to see, can the car do it all? Want to make sure that there's no mechanical issues, especially like if you're thinking race distance, right? Um, they're going to be analyzing the aerodynamics. So they want to understand the airflow. Is the car performing the same on track as it did in the simulators? So they've been running these cars in the simulators. The drivers have been in there. They want to know, is that translating to the track? So last year, we, there's the dog. <laughs> so I swear, I cannot ever, every, every. Um, I'm petting my dog because she's whining. You know, we were gone. Oh, my goodness. And he hardly ever barks anymore. Oh, my gosh. You know what? It's not a podcast unless my dogs are making noise at this point. Um, okay. So last year, and you can go back and listen to that episode from season one. It's one of the earlier episodes. You are going to see different things on the car that the teams are testing. So arrow rakes are, they look like these giant grids that are attached to the car, right? And then Flovis, which is a like a piece of chain link fence that they ran through and it stuck to the car. Yes, exactly. And then Flovis is a paint that you'll see on the car. And so both of those are to test the aerodynamics. They're getting yeah. feedback. Flovis is green. It is. It's like a green green. How is the state car going to see Flovis? Well, but don't some of, did some of them have pink last year or yellow? I thought I was going to ask you, didn't I see one different color? Because you're not going to see neon green on the neon green car. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Maybe they'll just use arrow rakes. But those, I think, are always cool. And when they come back, like they are testing, how is that airflow flowing around the car? Is it doing what we thought it would do? So I always look for that. I think it's kind of interesting. They're also like going to be looking at the picture yellow on what's on that? stage. Let's just start laying bets if it's going to be pink flow or yellow flow on stage. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> which one? Which one? I'm just so excited that they're going to be on track on Wednesday. Okay. Um, they're also going to be checking the tires. So this year, Pirelli did, did not have any new compounds for us. So it's going to be the same tires as last year. Again, we have a whole thing on the tires from last year. Since they haven't changed, you can go <laughs> listen to that podcast episode or watch that YouTube video where we talk all about that, the tires. I find that interesting because, you know, they were testing new tires toward the all a lot last year, especially the degradation in a couple of those races that they, yeah. they're not introducing anything new. That's what they've said. There's no new compounds this year. So something new this year. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll bring something new. Maybe they, maybe like after last year, cause remember it was after Australia, they were like, Oh crap, we've got yeah. to do something different. So I wonder if they'll let it go a few races and then determine maybe. if they need to bring something, who knows. Um, but in regards to the tires, even though there's no new compounds, a lot of these cars have completely changed, which makes this year really, really exciting. I'm super excited. But they need to know how this new car is going to work on those tires. Like, how is the wear going to go? Like, all That's of that. Point. So they are going to be checking um, those tires. What else? System and operational checks. They're just going to be making sure that all that stuff is working. Um, I think it was... James Valls had said, you know, we also have some new team members. Some team members have been off for a couple months. You know how sometimes you even go on vacation for a long vacation. You come back, you're like, how do I do my job? Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, just like the drivers, the teams have to get back into, um, into the groove of things. And then they, they can check up um, or check on the optimization. Like, is the setup optimized for this track? Because where they're testing is the first race of the season. So it really gives them a little extra time to make sure like that car is fully optimized for that track. So I think that's kind of cool. So the teams maybe that have gone through their their programs and they're like, OK, we're looking good. They could probably just move on and be like, OK, let's focus on the setup for the race. Um, so even though the teams are going to be sneaky as all get out and we're not going to know exactly <laughs> what's happening, um, there are some things you can keep it keep an eye on. So lap times, lap times, eh, to me, it's like practice, right? Like we don't know what they're doing. We don't know what their program is that they're running. We don't know what kind of uh, fuel load they're on. So in this case, I would probably focus on one team, one driver. How is, how is that person's lap times changing either throughout the session or from session to session, if that makes sense? Like are they getting faster? You know, what kind of tires are they running on? You know, that kind of stuff. I would just probably focus on like, but you can yeah, have an idea. I'd like to see too and how well they're handling the new car, you yes. know, and the confidence behind the car, right? Because we saw some interesting things at testing last year. And then really? just to see, I mean, I, I want to see Checo's confidence. I mean, you know, he was good and then he fell off and then he started coming back up, you know, and yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to see how the cars handle. You know, we, I want to see how many times Max complains just from the get go because he complains about every car, every, every. But we need them to complain during testing because know, they can do. make changes during this, during that time period. Like you might see new things that they like take this off, put that on. So there will you be know, a lot of complaining. I would love to, but maybe we should track that. What do they complain about? What do they call out each of the drivers to see? Is that something that is a persistent problem throughout the year? Yeah, we should probably jot that down because yeah. we're, you know, and as teams bring upgrades throughout the year, are they tackling some of those things? Yeah. I would think a lot of that is going to be pretty um, either coded 
<laughs> like it's in code <laughs> or they're going to talk about it in the debrief because even afterwards, I feel like the drivers are so professional that they're going to get out there and be like, yeah, you know, maybe there's this we have to work on, but they're not going to tell us the whole, the whole thing. They're just not going to. The, the jello is a little wobbly and the. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I want ice cream after this practice means this car really sucks. Um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. You also want to watch their long runs. I would definitely be keeping an eye on that. Like, is the car consistent? Is because race mode, right? Like we're long runs are kind of simulating races. So how are the tires doing? Are they having to come in and replace those? Like what tires are they on? How is it performing on the different tire compounds? All of that stuff. And then the car updates. So again, most of these cars, Alpines, Mercedes, um, Ferrari, like they've changed almost their entire car. So how is it comparing to last year? What, you know, what is, what does it look like? I'm really interested, even though Haas says the car is not going to be anything they have that much, I still want to know, but really, did, did they, did they do anything? Are they kind of giving us the setting us up to be a crappy year and then they might come back and do something? You never know. But the thing with Haas is like, they, yeah, we really need to watch them on the long runs because we know last year with qualifying, Nico could pull that sucker up into Q3, you know, somewhat regularly. So yep. for them, it was the long run because they he'd be up, what, towards the front of the grid and he's going backwards real quick. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited, too, because now they've got a full year under my belt, not just watching, you know, the... Did I just survive? I, I'm just going to have a different approach to it now from the, yeah. from the very beginning, you know, because I've got more knowledge and whatnot. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Yes, I know. And I can't wait. You had mentioned this last week, but especially during these um, testing days, I cannot wait for Sam Collins and his tech yes. talks. Like, I'm, I cannot, I want to know the nitty gritty of all of this all of this stuff. So yeah, I'll be spending my evenings doing yeah, that. Yeah, TV, can we just have a special mic on Sam Collins all the time? Can we just, all the time. Can we just have a channel just for that? Because that would be amazing in the F1 TV subscription to have like that kind of just mic up Sam Collins and see what he has to say throughout the entire race. <laughs> agreed. 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 I cannot wait for that. And then Friday, we've got Drive to Survive. What's interesting is I don't think Max participated at all. Like that's, they're saying like, he's not on any of the promo, you know, sheets or anything. Um, and so somebody had said, you know, well, he won a record number of races. Like, how do you not talk about that? <laughs> like, good question. There's so much stuff that happened really besides Max though, but I don't know. I did love the series last year. They only focused on a handful of races and it was. Yeah. Kind of I didn't like the format last year. I'm, I'm hoping they changed them back this year. We'll see. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So we've got that Friday. So it's a big week. And then guess what? Then it's race week. Ah, it's race week. <laughs> we just had our last Sunday without a race yesterday. I can't believe it. Isn't that crazy? I can't believe it. I cannot wait. So that was a very quick like update, but there was a lot to cover there. There's a lot. And it's probably going to be the shortest podcast. Well, we already had one a little bit shorter, but one of the shortest podcasts of the season. <laughs> yeah, probably. Then you've got 24 races and testing. So I'm sure next week too, with all the testing, we'll need to break down a whole lot of stuff. And prepare for the first race. 
Yay. <laughs> so much. <laughs> All right. Well, and if what other kind of drama could happen between now and then, too? Well, don't even say it. We've had so much drama. This It's only the middle of February. Oh, my. Oh, and since we have an extra minute. Oh, my gosh. The Singapore GP might be in jeopardy. There's a big scandal happening there. And part of it involves the person um, who kind of was responsible in Singapore for the Singapore Grand Prix. And they're starting to look into it. So, um, so we might have, do you think they would <laughs> this year? So we might have one less this year or just future? I have no idea. Who knows? They might still keep it. I mean, goodness gracious at this point, just keep it. But yeah, there's some sort of scandal happening there. So Singapore GP might be off the calendar in the future. <laughs> we'll see. I have some crazy. All right. Well, that's it for this short one. Nice little check-in. Nice to see ya. Nice to see you. Okay. Cars are back on track. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks for the ride. See ya. <laughs> Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.